0: only from Rustolium
1: Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. Hey everybody, it's Tim here, and we thought it would be um, a fun idea to do a little trip down memory lane and play you guys all of the episodes from season one again. And for the first time ever, I've forced Guy to listen to the podcast as well. He's not with me right now, but we've decided that we're going to take turns listening to these episodes and do a little preamble for you, Um, which is, I don't know, it seems like a nice thing to do after... 10 years since this thing started which is insane I've just listened to the first episode and I mean what to say it's it's kind of crazy to see how many of the tropes got established in episode one of season one like me being a fan of a bit of the movie that's got a knife in it probably the only bit of grown-ups too that's got a knife in it uh, guy mentioning the oc i actually say the words shining light of talent in this one so it's sort of like the origin story of so many of these recurring bits are right in the dna of the first episode which is pretty interesting it's a weird thing to listen to after this amount of time and i'd be lying if i said there wasn't a little bit of um cringe involved on multiple fronts but I think it's important to just have a hone sometimes you know and have a look back it's definitely been enough time where i feel pretty uh divorced from who we were um back then 10 years is a long time but it's just so funny to think about i can remember vividly exactly where we were sitting it was a stinking hot day february the 10th 2014 we were on a couch in front of a one of those blue Yeti microphones that I'd set up completely incorrectly. So the sound quality is absolute dog shit. And from memory, I think I didn't actually crack it for a couple episodes, so apologies for the first couple of these. Um, but start as you mean to go on, eh? I, I remember when Guy and I first were talking about it and got the idea. I distinctly remember the conversation happening when we were coming uh downstairs down onto the street on Cook Street from my old work when I was um working in radio and we were sort of talking about this podcast and what format we could do and Guy was kind of like oh you know what what do we need do we need to like get in a studio or like figure this out and I was like no let's record it tomorrow and I think that that DNA of just like speedily mistakenly fumbling your way through uh, is such a crucial and important part of this podcast and I tell you what you could definitely hear it on this first episode because it doesn't sound pristine but I think you also hear a lot of the enthusiasm as well which is the thing that carried it so I hope you enjoy this little journey that Guy and I um, take you on it's going to be a wild thing revisiting this first season and uh, yeah enjoy here's episode one season one the worst idea of all time welcome to the worst idea of all time podcast hello i am tim bat and my name is guy montgomery and this is our first watch of the sensational ensemble comedy grown-ups 2 we've just watched it for the first time and uh we will be doing so week after week uh, for the foreseeable future, essentially. Which is an absolutely absurd it is. idea. The, the idea is to watch it every week until it becomes worthwhile. Guy like, pitched this to me and he said, we'll watch a movie every every week and do a podcast, but here's the kicker. We'll watch the same movie. I thought, fantastic. I thought, let's pick a movie. It's got to be just the right amount of everything. It's got to be just the right amount of length. Uh, there's got to be something in it for you so you can keep watching it a few times and um, it's got to have enough to grab onto that we can keep commentary on it. And we settled on the sequel to the much maligned uh, Grown Ups. A film that I haven't Have you seen? I think I have, but I can't remember a single thing about it except that I hated it.
2: Well, I hadn't seen the first one, and I thought the second one, you said Grown Ups, I said why not put a two on it, and uh, an hour and 40 minutes later I found out why... (laughs) This has to be one of the worst movies I've seen. The last movie I remember watching, which moved me to be this, just like restless and unhappy and frustrated and confused, was. Oh, I can't even remember the name of it. It was. Who's in it? It was. I can't remember. It was in, I wrote a review about it. I got so angry, I walked out of the cinema. I got free <laughs> tickets from the Black Thunder, 91ZDM's Black Thunder, and I walked out of the cinema and I went home and I wrote a blog. Which is a pretty high level of frustration. Was it recent? This no, film it would have been two thousand and seven or eight.
1: Was it Save the Last Dance? No, That's was, the last movie I walked out of that no, I paid for. I actually
2: quite liked Save the Last Dance. It
1: was um, it was
2: uh, something about being in high school, the guy had a big nose it was written by one of the Simpsons writers. It was based on a book. Mama's Boy? No. Uh, we you be know what? We've this. diverged. It's not important. What is important is is that we discuss grown-ups
1: too. I don't even... How do we even, like, begin with this film?
2: Well, I think we could take a very similar approach with this podcast to what they did with the film, which is just don't worry about <laughs> anything and go for it.
1: Uh, I think first, maybe the first thing, the wow factor with this movie is the cast. So maybe we should start with that. Should we just start throwing names of people who are in this film?
2: The the cast, it's a veritable who's who of
1: successful 90s television comedians. It's sort of like a Saturday Night Live ensemble. It is, but on steroids. You've got Adam Sandler, who co-wrote the film, uh, whose wife is Selma Hayek for some reason. Uh, Kevin James, who you'll know from King of Queens and Mall Cop is in there. And what? Hitch. Oh yeah, of course. Yes. Imagine Hitch. if yeah. Will Smith was in this movie. It wouldn't even surprise me, because no. by the end there was just so many people uh, in he's it.
2: He's married to Maya Rudolph, who's also a Saturday Night Live alumni. We've got Chris Rock, um, formerly one of the greatest comedians of the world. No, Chris Rock, world. yeah, he's married to Maya Rudolph. Kevin James is married to a woman I didn't recognise. Kevin
1: James's wife Yeah I can't remember Who that is I'm sure we'll get it By the second watch uh, David Spade is in this film Plenty of time To figure all this stuff out David Spade Who is
2: He's playing Joe Dirt uh, He doesn't have a partner And he
1: He's got a He's Apart from Just Shoot Me When is David Spade Not playing Joe Dirt Uh, Apparently he was really good in Saturday Night Live. Well, I liked him in this movie.
2: I thought he was acting, and he was the only one. Uh, Cameos come in the form of John Levitz. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. (laughs) He was one of the few things which made us laugh. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal has a part all of Adam Sandler's entourage you know all the bit part character actors who show up the cast of Grandma's Boy I guess I was very surprised
1: actually that um, Rob Schneider Rob Schneider didn't appear in this movie wait did he well he's probably in there somewhere yeah we just missed it uh, Steve Buscemi yes Buscemi's in there Uh, along with Taylor Lautner yeah, Teen heartthrob. He is what I would loosely
2: describe as the antagonist.
1: Will <laughs> Forte uh, pops up in yeah, a um, car wash Andy, scene alongside yeah, Andy, Andy Samberg. And the boys from the Lonely Island.
2: Uh, but don't <laughs> let all of these names confuse you. This movie is a steaming hot pile of shit from Dot One. Uh, the first scene, the hook, which makes you say, I can't wait to see what unfolds, is Adam Sandler in bed with Selma Hayek uh, and he's woken up inexplicably They never, ever address how this happened, apart from revealing that the front door was left open. There's a reindeer or a moose or some sort of animal with antlers in the bedroom. And no one... uh it, it, oh.
1: It's a CGI moose. It's in the bedroom. Adam Sandler wakes up to quite a start seeing this thing and tries very delicately to tell Selma Hayek without alarming her um, that she needs to open the window. And what's his play with this, that they should both jump out of it?
2: Yeah, well, it's a big house, and they're on the second floor, and luckily Selma Hayek never opens the window, so that particular thread leaves unsewn.
1: He keeps whispering to her. He says, "'Your mom's here. You need to go and open the window.'" (laughs) Just let me sleep. That's what she says sleepily. Summer hike. There was a great summer hike, by the way. And, uh, yeah, once again, I'm not sure what the play was going to be if he was intending to throw the moose out of the window or if they were going to throw themselves out of the second-story window. But either way, hilarity ensues in the form of the CGI moose t- tearing the house asunder. That's
2: right. And it, the craziest thing is it winds up with a
1: um, with a bra
2: on its antlers and it runs outside and the postman's outside and he goes to Adam Sandler and he goes, Hey, is that your wife's bra? And then Selma Hayek is wearing a a a sort of negligee nightie and she covers herself because it's... Because it's a
1: creepy fucking thing to say.
2: And then Adam Sandler sort of scolds him and then eventually goes, yeah, it is pretty nice. And he gives her a high five and it sets the tone. It just... (laughs) Oh,
1: God. There's there's kids in this movie. There's a lot of kids. There's so many kids. Everyone's got kids.
2: Let's not not just single it out that there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of characters. You probably meet over 40 people in this movie, and none of them make any sense. (laughs) There's
1: there's no payoff to any. There's, There's no... Because... One of the central things that you want to see in a film, right, is it's supposed to start somewhere and end in a similar place, except they've gone through a lot and and your characters, your central characters, have learnt something along the way. Um, I have no concept of what anyone has learnt in this film. We should probably try and give some sort of synopsis. I guess. God, it's so hard, though. Well, Well, first of all, can we just say that this is the longest day of all time? Are you talking about
2: our day or the movie? Both. Both. It's, it's the whole the whole thing takes part in one hellish day. Uh, it's, it starts as we said with Adam Sandler and Selma Hayek. I'm going to ruin the ending for you now. It also ends with Adam Sandler and Selma Hayek in bed.
1: It's a nice bookend to the film. Uh, it's the, the last day of school. Yeah. It's the last day of school and summer. Summer's just kicking it's off. About to and um start. And yeah, okay. So what happens? So we have got the moose. Uh, I just we, keep coming back to the rule at Kmart for half of we, this well. Yeah,
2: we meet all the families, and then the bus driver, the bus driver meant to be taking the kids to school is like wasted on drugs. Yeah. And so Adam Sandler just because he doesn't have a job because he got rich somehow, he decides to drive the school bus and he picks up. He drops the kids. <laughs> no, he, he picks up his friends on the way to school. He picks up. Yeah, the, that's right. And then they all drop them at the school. And, they, and then they just go and hang out <laughs> in Game Art for like for half the hour day. or two hours. These
1: are like grown men going to the mall. And, um, and they've all got jobs. Kind of Well Adam Sandler doesn't Because he got rich in Hollywood I, I assume that that's explained In the first Grown Ups movie Which I'm sure is a masterpiece Which I think I have seen But don't remember
2: I don't think it's too important
1: Whether or not it is explained It's, it's, just,
2: the ho- it's just this inexplicable Series of
1: not funny scenes so we get introduced at the start. Uh, we've kind of glossed over this, but there's a little vignette, a little window into everyone's lives and their, and their family situation. So everyone's got kids. So we see um, what's happening with Chris Rock's family. He's got the wife there. He's got it's a couple his 20, of kids. It's
2: their 20-year marriage anniversary. That's right. He's hidden, he's hidden a necklace for his wife in his son's diaper. Because that's what you do when you're married, folks. It's married tells, life. He tells her that it's, she's on nappy duty, and then she takes it out and he goes, happy 20th anniversary. And she's like, what? Because she completely forgot.
1: She forgot. And so he gets this free pass. <laughs> As, <laughs> Which is what we're all searching for in relationships. No it's all gonna, a point system, and we're all looking for that no little no nugget of gold. No one's going to listen to this. <laughs> no one's going to listen to this fucking podcast. Because no, no one's going to watch the fucking movie. <laughs> it's so fucking terrible. It's so absurdly bad. Uh, but anyway, we must, we must press on, Guy. Uh, Don't be disheartened. They, pre- they made this film. This movie got finished and released, and I'm sure along the way, there were
0: so many people. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from rust Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: Every stage who said this is... Cannot be released. <laughs> this cannot be finished. It cannot be put out to the public. And you know what it was. So, in the spirit of grown ups too, this podcast must, will be done. So, I can't <laughs> wait to see what we're saying in thirty weeks. The shining light of talent, I think, uh, in the, the early vignettes. Uh, Chris Rock has the son. The aforementioned mentions, oh, son. It yeah, is the son who's got the diaper. Sensational talent! You can tell that that kid's a born performer. They're um, dancing
2: around young black stereotype. Yeah, like the when when it turns out that Mayor Rudolph's forgotten the 20th anniversary, it just goes to a shot of the like two year old's face up close, and he just says straight down the camera.
1: That's cold. I don't know how you even teach a baby to say that because he got the intonation and the timing okay, dead on. Okay. Do you reckon the baby was CGI as well? Because the moose was. I assume they've got a lot of money thrown around. Then Kevin James's family, we meet them next, and he's got a child who's just really thick, and they never explain it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They've, so they're on this path of parenting where they want to not discourage the kids. Positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement at all costs. So we're, the little window into his family life is the mum, his wife, who appears to be normal very briefly in that film is that like the only bit she's in no she was at she was at yoga class oh yeah of course she was at the ballet recital and she God, was, she's forgettable. She was, all right, she was at the party. Oh, my bad. She was so, all right, the film. Spoiler alert, there's a party and some ballet. Um, so she's like got these flashcards going, what's nine and three to the kid? And the kid's like, 28. And she's like, that's great, very good. Which is, that's not how you raise a kid. And they just keep, he just gets all this math stuff. Like, it's just, they've just written
2: the laziest jokes. And they're like, no, no one's going to say this. But it doesn't Who even. get to say these lines? And then they just <laughs> feed them to this five-year-old kid. And it's actually one of the funniest parts of the movie.
1: What I, the like the, the bad math and stuff? Yeah, the whole script it feels like. Did you watch the OC, Tim? Um, I yeah yeah I can't remember the OC yeah. You remember it was a good show. You remember so
2: Seth Cohen who mm. was sort of the protagonist. Yeah, was very funny. And there was one guy who it was a character I can't remember his name, but that he, he was described by everyone as big. Like he tried to be funny, but everything was too big. Remember that? He meets Seth Cohen's dad Sandy, and he goes. Sandy goes Hi I'm Sandy and then the character goes Oh well I guess you better take a shower then and then, and then <laughs> like, walk, I don't remember that minor character from of, the OC walks out of the scene and Sandy's like jeez that kid's not funny it's like that character has written a movie everything is so big
1: yeah and it's there's some gags that look like they work on paper I want to go through the families just a little bit more though just to give it a little bit of a picture um, we won't go through the whole movie because sweet Jesus we just went through the whole movie and I don't want anyone else to go through it which really begs the question like why are we doing what this? what is in this for other people but we will press forward David Spade now he's got an interesting one So his situation is he hooked up with a girl who is revealed, I think, through the entire film, only as uh, Hiccups McGee, a woman who he briefly had sexual intercourse with. One of the many women who get treated with the utmost respect in this film. (laughs) Nothing but. Complete fleshed out characters. Um, And uh, you never see her in the film, by the way. She's only mentioned as... Hiccups McGee, so he's had sex with her, uh, which has uh, created a child. That's a right. spawn has she happened.
2: Inexplicably, fails to tell David Spade that he has a child until the child's like seventeen. And David's I think he's supposed to be about fourteen, but the gag is that he's huge. Yeah, and so she, and then he just inexplicably is like, okay, that's cool, and she sends him up <laughs> on a train from Florida. Yeah,
1: that's never really
2: fleshed out at all. What's that about? What sort go lucky guy like David Spade who's set up is only looking after himself yeah. he's just going to be like yeah cool what I have a kid okay yeah I'll take I'm
1: equipped for that yeah that seems fine to me there's no problems there the kid shows up uh, he looks like he's in his mid-twenties and he pulls a f- flick knife <laughs> on, on David Spade, which is actually a pretty funny bit and then <laughs> <laughs> and then David Spade has turned up expecting a uh, far more gentle and small child um, has bought him a soft toy and he just proceeds to cut the head head
2: off the the teddy bear. And then he gets scared and he tells his son that he's going to to work he has to go to school for one day the last day of school because he's got to go and work at the soup kitchen but he doesn't actually have to go and work at the soup kitchen he's just scared. It's a front. I'm just going to fast forward for a bit. Please do. Because the son eventually finds out that David Spade wasn't working at the soup kitchen and he gets He's
0: crushed. (laughs) He's
1: crushed. (laughs) So demoralised. Which I guess if you in your own head had enough kind of intelligence and wound that out maybe it's because this Kid who's kind of suggested to be trailer trash and stuff. Maybe he's from a lower socioeconomic area living with um, Hiccups McGee, where the soup kitchen's a really important pillar in, in, in that community. And so he's like, how dare you, you know, take on the sacred elephant as you're covered and not hang out with me? How dare you?
2: Yeah, well, his, the way he takes out his frustration is he doesn't put a knife on his dad again. He instead goes to in a fraternity... <laughs> And like ruins the whole outside, toilet papers the whole frat. Just yeah, destroys stuff. a frat house.
1: The frat house isn't out of nowhere, by the way. The, at one point, well, the guys. In, in fairness, the frat house is kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> it is a little bit. But as part of the 60 hour day in which the film occurs, uh, all the friends go to a swimming hole. So we've got Kevin James, Adam Sandler, whoever the fuck else is in this movie, which is a lot of people. Um, like the five of them go to the swimming hole uh, to relive old times, I guess. And Kevin James is going to jump off a big cliff. Because he's never jumped off because he's scared. And then they get confronted by these frat kids who claim that they owned the swimming hole, which is fine. Um, and then things get really aggressive. Tyler Lautner is their um, their leader and just starts backflipping heaps.
2: It's like 11. Yeah, that, that was another funny bit. That was... There are a few, like, these three lines which are almost self-referential where it's like the characters are the actors and the actors are like, what are we doing? Like when Taylor Lawton is doing their backflips, Taylor's like, the guy's just doing 11 backflips yeah. for no reason. Yeah. You know, it's like they're commentating what we're thinking. And they just give you little flashes of hope like that.
1: There's a couple of things like that. Adam Sandler um, prior to that bit goes... Uh, He's talking to his son. First of all, he calls all of his children ugly. His kid goes, I'm <laughs> after the hottest girl in school. It's the last day of summer. And his, his the, the one of the other kids, the kid he's talking's brother, goes, But you'll never get her because uh, you're ugly. And Adam Sandler goes, You're all ugly. You're hideous. You're fugly. We're all fugly. We're all fugly. <laughs> We're all fugly. And then but that doesn't it, stop bro. us getting obscenely attractive get woman. It. Look at me and your wife. It makes no sense. That would only happen in a Hollywood film. And stops just shy of looking down the barrel of the camera and giving a fierce. Ferris- Style wink, which I'm not sure if it would have endeared me to this film more or less, but he, he gives his
2: son a three step guide to get any woman. And oh, this, that's right. This is, might actually be of use. This might be a takeaway from the film. It's uh one make her smile, two good, that's good advice, say she has a nice smile, yep, and then three say that you have to come out with me tonight.
1: <laughs> force her force her to do it put pressure on do it in the moment give it a strict time frame of that evening and uh, hey spoiler alert it pays off for the kid when he applies that knowledge
2: there's so much like questionable objectionable material like Kevin James and his wife are going this this podcast is as all over the place (laughs) as the movie perhaps as a a result of it but he goes like his wife takes him to this car wash where these high school cheerleaders are going to wash it and she's like trying to turn him on oh
1: that's Yeah, now, how the fuck did they get to that point?
2: And then, like, the policeman who's Shaquille O'Neal and the guy... (laughs) Fuck! Fuck, (laughs) I hate (laughs)
1: this. If we sound a little low energy, it's because we've just seen the film. I sent Guy out to get coffees um, Um, in the the aftermath. Because we need something to kind of break through here. It's just... Fuck Okay so Who else have we got Dealing with here We've got a, 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 One of the uh, Black comic actors From 40 year old Virgin Who He, um, he was also on Saturday Night Live I can't remember his name Yeah we'll look that up If we Dewey, ever see the, this the, again The Dewey Cox story He was the guy Who told Dewey Cox
2: John C. Reilly About all the drugs and I haven't the, seen the, that oh, that's,
1: I hear it's really good Maybe we should have Done that movie Or any other film Ever made Well I, I guess What's exciting about this Tim is that We get to do it All again next week it's like watching our Descent into Madness. But anyway, it's going somewhere with that. So that uh, SNL slash 40-year-old virgin actor is in it. He serves as the foil to... Chris Rock. Chris Rock's character. Um, they grew up at high school and stuff. I think they work at this... Thing oh, no, they don't work together everyone, because it's at Kmart. Everyone
2: in this movie is like everyone knows each other from high school no one ever left the city except Adam Sandler who came back
1: yeah he went to Hollywood and made heaps of money which again I assume was explained in the first movie and then inextricably came back to this horrible community of misogynistic race, racial stereotypes
2: the way, the way they all like qualify every time a character gets introduced the way the writers qualify is by being like how do, how do they know this guy well, uh, they, went school, they went to high
1: school to <laughs> oh, they, they were at high school, you know, and either they were best friends and now they hate each other, they were best friends and now they're best friends, or they hated each other and now they're best friends. Yeah. It's like just this weird interplay of completely hate or completely this love. Is
2: the, the other big question I had when I was watching this movie, because of the like sexual the, uh, the sexual undertones or overtones, whatever you want to call them, and like the sort of off-color jokes, I don't think there was one swear word. I don't know who Someone said shit And it really stuck out I don't know who They aimed this at Yeah, yeah. It's not Colin Quinn That comedian Colin Quinn His big scene is He's fixing an ice cream machine And David Spade tells him If he does this thing It'll fix it And it makes it look like He's pooing Yeah And it goes Like every visual gag In this How long was the movie? Two hours and ten minutes yeah. I think It was What was it? One
1: One hundred and one One hundred and one minutes uh, so that's shy of two hours. One minute, uh, one hour fifty. Um, one hour, felt like a lot longer. One hour forty. But every, well, what this film is Is just comprised of visual gags that go too long That weren't funny when they began But in the hopes that if they just keep going They'll develop into something So yeah, that, that scene where he's kind of bent over This ice cream machine with his chocolate sundae coming out uh, Seemingly of his rectum Is uh, capped off after a very long Kind of spinning out of this, um, this, this gag uh, it, It's topped off by the kid going Is that where ice cream comes from? Stupid kid <laughs> And scene And I
2: can't, I've got to to go pick up my dad right now. (laughs) Uh, You don't. You're
1: making that up. That's a lie. I really
2: do. That's a lie. We've got two minutes to wrap up the first episode. It's only, it's a short podcast. As we read more into the film, you know, they'll
1: become longer and more nuanced. I'd really love it if you could um, join us every week. Because I, uh, originally we were talking about before we saw the film doing this 50 times. That's not happening. It would. We can't do it.
2: The thing with this movie is that the only way
1: for there to be payoff is is for us to actually do it fifty times, like because by that point I've got to go five, man. Can we do five and just kind of reassess? Because honestly, I, I don't, I don't know. If, like I'll kill myself. Yeah, there's a risk of that. Um, my name is Tim Bat. You can follow me on Twitter. I guess is that a uh, takeaway?
2: My name is Guy Montgomery, and you can forget that I was involved in
1: this shambles. Come back next week. there'll be more of this yeah, I'm all, so confused
2: well, we'll, well get excited about next week if you didn't like this week that's okay maybe you know we'll find some more stuff in the movie for next week
1: I, I, usually this is the point where you say you go and watch it so you know what we're talking about I cannot recommend that anyone go and you see this watch, film for watch, any reason
2: watch, watch the trailer
1: Come yeah watch, watch the, the trailer
2: tra- in your mind extrapolate that to one hour and 40
1: minutes yeah try not to kill yourself yeah and then come and back for the podcast <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> we'll see you then Tim Batt, signing off of the most ludicrous podcast of all time. All right, good night. All morning. Fuck. Fuck. I hate this. Fuck. The worst idea of all time. Podcast.